Howdy! Welcome to this special edition of the Counterbalance. I'm uh, going to go back charting through all the episodes of Frasier. Uh, as I've always said, episode 3 uh, finale is the first episode of Frasier officially. Then Frasier season 1, episode 1. And Frasier season 1, episode 2. I'll keep going with season uh, uh, episode 1, season 3. Which steps up the uh, uh, class dynamics between Martin and Fraser and Niles even more when the restaurant is not to Niles and Fraser's liking and Martin leaves in a huff. And then uh, episode four and episode five we'll get into um, down the line. But I figured I'd do something a little special here. You know, since each episode is only 22 minutes, um, Try to make some pointed observations about what's going on in the episode as it's happening. Um, and before the episode starts, I might as well talk about some of the stuff that goes on in it. It's really quite a funny episode. Um, there's even publicity photos for it and stuff like that. So that you know that it's a special episode when that happens. But uh, Celia Ward's the main guest star on it. Um, the full episode cast was really a hot woman. Ends season four, and that's Lisa Guerrero. I had a feeling that was her. Lisa Guerrero. Um, she was really known in the sports and media world in the 90s and 2000s. So anyway, Lisa Guerrero is someone that Frazier meets after he drives to the airport in the season four finale to um, court someone that has been leaving messages on his answering machine and to give her a ride home from there give them a ride home from the airport turns out to be the cellist played by linda hamilton and then uh lisa guerrero um uh is at the airport and he's kind of like on the rebound from this failed quick relationship with uh, linda hamilton and then she says she's going to acapulco Acapulco, and um, he then tags along with her. So as awkward as that you think, you think, oh yeah, the end of season four, maybe he's going to make a relationship with this one. But as often as Fraser thinks something positive is going to happen, we all know the show is very based in reality. And then season five, episode one, as we'll see here, she uh, basically learns that he uh, decided to go to Acapulco on a whim of the moment as soon as he learned that she was going to Acapulco. So she decides to tri- uh, switch seats on the uh, on the airplane. So it's just really a funny, uh, funny situation. Um, of course, the award plays Kelly Easterbrook. She's best known for being in Sisters, and of course, the movie Fugitive. And uh, I guess was she in? Was she in mm, American? What's that one? Independence Day and the sequel, I guess. I don't know. She's from Alabama. You can really hear her accent in this particular episode. Um, without that much more being said and said, uh, we're at, you know, um, towards the season five stages of the courtship of Niles and Daphne, they end up kind of butting heads quite a lot through season five. Um, so we may see some signs of that. We may see some other stuff. But really, it's just so funny to think that Fraser flies to Acapulco on a whim. Everyone thinks that he comes back empty-handed. And I could basically say all the dialogue in this show. He's like that he has to um, pretend that he came back in the hand and otherwise he'd spoil saying that he is with Kelly Easterbrook, a supermodel, retired or half supermodel, half um, 
scientists studying Galapagos turtles and dating a football player from Seattle. So they think that that's way above his um, the kind of woman that he can get, especially with this poor streak that he's on. So it's just such a classic episode. Um, I, you know, as far as the rating of it, I don't really care, but usually it's kind of interesting to put it in context. People really do like this episode, 8.6, but if I had to say I'd give it a 10, this is really just a funny, 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 funny episode. Um, I guess the episode focuses, it has like the milieu of strangers on a train, uh, with the inner title being strangers on a plane, shadow of a doubt, the lady vanishes, and psycho. Uh, that's funny. All four inner titles reference psycho, or reference those Alfred Hitchcock movies. And uh, yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, and a quote you can expect to hear that's hilarious and that I wanted to point out it's no crime to go down to Acapulco and come back empty handed, son. I did not come back empty handed. I came back with two hands, huge handfuls. <laughs> And uh, when Daphne says, oh, yeah, the supermodel, I've been told that I look like her. And Fraser says, oh, yeah. And then he makes this look at, uh, with his big eyes to show that, yeah, I don't believe that that's true at all. Um, and that's the same thing when uh, Daphne sees that there's two wine glasses and she says, oh, yeah, that proves it. And she does that big eye of disbelief as well. Um, so hilarious. Um so I guess, usually I think they get their alcohol stuff right, but Fraser appreciatively says he's enjoying a warm poor William while holding a snifter with a brown liquid. Poor Williams is a colorless brandy. So maybe it's a colored glass or it's just an air, I don't know. Um, title Fraser. Okay, so there's fireworks in the background of this. Anyway. <laughs> This is all filmed at Paramount Studios, as we know, and it was on September 25th, 1997. I think it was right around this time that I went and saw an episode being taped. But I certainly would have remembered seeing this one being taped, I think. But to think that I saw an episode of being taped, and I don't remember which episode it is, it always uh, does not sit well with me. But many things in my memory don't don't sit well with me, uh, like as far as you know, details and stuff like that, sometimes... The, the odd details that you remember is weird and why you block certain things out of the memory, you know. Uh, I was going on a lot of TV shows to watch them being filmed and stuff in that era. I just wish I could remember these specific, very specific details. Like, you know, which episodes I was on the set for, for for this show and other ones, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, so let's go ahead and start the episode at 5. We're going to press uh, play at, uh, up when I say press play. Five, four, three, two, one, and and we're about at the seven twenty minute mark on the episode. Strangers on a plane is the opening title here. Look at Fraser; he's ready to flirt with this woman, but it's not going to work out. And going through all the travails of season four. I love these extras on this plane. I mean, they realize his strange situation and kind of are smirking at him. So he tells her that he went on a blind date and it was all in his head. She's like, can I have another plane seat? <laughs> oh, classic show, man. 
No, Freezer's got more um, slicked back hairstyle than he did in the previous season, but I mean, they can't match it up completely. So this lady's so strange. I mean, she goes out of her way to like uh, prove that she thinks that he's doing things uh, interestingly, but yet we'll learn here. Things are not always what they seem. He squeezes by this rather large gentleman. And that's Felicity. I mean, that's not the Felicity Felicity, but that's uh, married woman Felicity, not the, not the woman you're going to squeeze in for. So then he says he's got to switch seats again. So how many people, how many switching of suites are done in this opening scene? There's three. The lady, and then he switches twice. Moving about the cabin quite a lot. <laughs> this part's hilarious. He's about to switch seats again because it becomes so awkward. Oh gosh, this show's hilarious. So God knows why she's flying coach. As we'll soon find out, she's a supermodel, and I've never heard of even a C-list celebrity uh, flying coach if they didn't have to. But all water under the bridge. So he's kind of creeping her out at first, as he does at the end of their encounter. <laughs> Yeah, this one's just so funny because the monologue that he delivers at the end of it and how it's set up through the whole show that he's probably, or they more likely is in their mind, not telling the truth about this whole situation. It's so funny to see the reveal really at the end. So she is a part-time model these days, but still a former supermodel. Why would she be flying coach, but rather here nor there. So we don't see their encounter together, but they wake up and you wake up and you see them that they're, you know, having these experiences. And obviously he says he has a full handful later in the episode to them. Um, and he clearly does here. So... This was an interesting uh, time in the development of the show. A lot of big major guest actress stars. Celia Ward, you know, Joe Beth Williams in season two, and all the different women that Frazier basically goes through, but also they go through him, I guess you would say. Um, <laughs> he's usually left at the end of the episode running around the apartment screaming, trying to make sure they're not leaving the apartment. <laughs> I'm generalizing, but at least four or five of his encounters end in that particular manner. So anyway, now she sets up the gamut of the episode. That basically she's going through a divorce, and she's like a famous person, and she's married to a famous person, so she doesn't want to be in the tabloids, but likely she should have thought about, thought about all that before she flew coach on an airplane and started talking to a radio psychopologist that's of some... Uh, repute of, him, of his own self. So I guess she doesn't really 
know much about clout or anything like that. I mean, she's in Seattle. He's got some clout in that town, you know? Just, uh, you want to steer clear of the relationship. I don't know. It's hard to keep someone like that so quiet. But this is before all the computers and stuff. Maybe not as big of a media presence there as one would imagine. Oh, that's a nice vacation for him there in Acapulco. But now he's got to come back here, even though, you know, shining from having his great encounter, they still don't believe him because of uh, all the, you know, they've lived with him for four years. Let's just say that much. <laughs> they know his ineptness at times. So no one buys that he did prob you know, they just can continue to think that he's in a slump. He just kind of doesn't, uh, doesn't have anything to say back because he can't say, oh, I was with Kelly Easterbrook, I guess. Shows that his heart is in the right place for, you know, a good amount of this, and then he kind of falls by the wayside towards the end of the episode. Yeah, it would never occur to them that he's just not wanting to broadcast it. It's just so bizarre. These people, they're so much more forward about everything that they're involved in, I guess. I love when Fraser can just start going rattling through these monologues. And then when Niles and Martin get involved in the episode, they're very calm and resolved and resolute in dealing with... Uh, you know, the ramifications of Frasier maybe having some major situation going on. <laughs> so here's Niles. And this is a classic deal, you know, Martin just going through his ridiculous exercises. So it'll be interesting to count how many times Niles comes by for just random reasons, more than likely just to see Daphne. Say probably 55 episodes before they finally actually do get involved. Maybe every episode. <laughs> so, Niles is uh, incredulous that Frazier would be able to uh you know, do anything down there, and this is just funny. They think he's in just some sort of uh, pretend or denial or something. And he's acting out. So, well, just something have with that poor Williams, I guess, is a actually a clear brandy, but in there it looked like it was definitely a brown liquid of some kind. Uh, interesting to know. I never knew there was an error like that. The way they're just in disbelief to him is so harsh. <laughs> I recently learned that he owns the grand piano from the show. It's pretty fucking awesome. They didn't pay for it or something like that, but... Pretty, pretty cool souvenir to keep, <laughs> obviously. Been cool to know what all those 
the pots and pans and all the different you know parts of the set what it really ever happened to so he just broke into uh, this crazy sounding story about that she's famous and doesn't want any publicity and all the details and not one of them believe it <laughs> oh man I love the way they just are really uh, you know looking at him and speaking in a calm manner just really quite funny of an episode and he's like oh hey, some people think you're the way Huh. So Niles knows that she must be really hot if uh, Fraser would make that face because, I mean, Daphne in most people's minds is at least like a 6 or a 7, you know, edging towards being an 8 on a scale of 1 to 10. As hot as a 9 in some episodes. Uh, here, probably looking more like a 6 or a 7. But if, you know, Fraser's remaking that face towards Daphne, yeah, it's pretty clear, you know. See, the word's a very, very, very beautiful woman. Like, just, I guess, born that way. I don't know. Uh, you know, I've seen her act in some stuff. I see her act here. I guess she could have been played by anyone here, but she does good with her job because uh, it's very memorable and one of my favorite episodes. But I don't know. Sometimes you can hear her voice. It's like, is she even... Is that her voice? Her voice is not the strongest in the world. It's amazing. It's like this very beautiful southern woman it's like how did how exactly did seal a word occur occur and it's clearly you know this unbelievably talented uh looks talented in the looks department um but clearly you know, you know does what's asked of her is killed in the beginning of fugitive is a leader of the world in the uh independence day um a lot of different things you know Involved in the Sisters TV show, which, uh, yeah, maybe recheck that out and then I can assess, you know, the more detailed aspects of her acting career. But, uh, yeah, she does a, you know, a great job in this episode. It's just kind of a really bizarre role. The supermodel, blah, 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 all the stuff and the dialogue that she has to do. Sometimes it's like, is she really what she's saying? It's like, no, obviously she's acting. She's just a guest star on the show, so. It's just comical to think that uh, this kind of person would exist, this supermodel scientist hybrid. And the way that Fraser, you know, keeps emphasizing the aspects of the story, it's so funny, really. And they're really concerned about him and stuff here. That's the point about it all, is that even a fake supermodel, most people would have already dumped him by now. He gets dumped all the time. It's so amazing. Fraser's love life on this show is just fun for the record book, man. Everyone else around him ends up having great functioning relationships and he's left this hollow shell. But it's all part of the fun. Now they're just basically laughing at him like he's a character on Married with Children. That's what I like about this sometimes. Sometimes Fraser is regarded with such, you know, disdain. <laughs> she really fucks with him though, because he's gonna go to this dank ass restaurant and she's gonna tell him that she can't stay. 
glad that she has these big emergencies and everything like that, but from his point of view, it's so annoying. He's there about to have this dang guy's lunch, and then she cancels on him. But, you know, he's amazing. These awkward encounters with people overhearing him continue, like on the plane, everyone overhearing him, and now that guy you know, sharing too much information about his wife's infertility issues and his infertility, his sterility issues. So bizarre. sneak up on him, dude. It's so funny. He's just tanking out on some caviar and they're just gonna fucking ambush him. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna work. <laughs> I love how Niles is treating him. It's basically like He's like, I know my brother's making this shit up. <laughs> so funny. <sighs> I came back with two heavy hands. <laughs> A bottling emergency. Only models to raise money for her real interests. I, mean, I could just repeat the dialogue in this show. It's so freaking hilarious, man. <laughs> so for those of you out there, uh, if you interact with the show, it'd be great. Uh, feel free to donate anything you'd like. But if you'd like to, just participate and let me know. Where does this rank in your top episodes? Uh, I've seen it so much. It's basically like a farce that's missing the characters. Because it is such a farcical premise. It's like people are not in one place when they're supposed to be. And we to think that the person's alone. And, you know, are making something up. And then this uh, whole situation here as it ends. So bizarre. But yeah, I mean... She is just totally beautiful. I mean, imagine uh, just like, I guess, just being born with those traits. She'd have to have done something like to um, really mess up her career because she's so that beautiful. <laughs> and she never did mess up her career. That's what I'm saying. She's just had a good career. She's so beautiful, you know, just didn't really have to. They give her a lot of intense dialogue there, and it's almost like it's that's what I was saying. It's hard to believe that she is that, but hey, that's part of the show. Part of the episode, the plot of the episode. It's way above his pay grade. Because <laughs> honestly, she's probably the hottest of all the chicks that have ever, or all the women that have been on the show. I mean, there's been so many as well. Um, the lady that played Regan was pretty hot, and she's married to Ted McGinley from, from, from Married with Children. You know, Joe Beth Williams was pretty attractive at the time. 
BB Newworth, pretty attractive all the time. You know, she's pretty high up there. Virginia Madsen, pretty attractive at the time. And Amy Brenneman. And yeah, he goes through, I mean, he's got a lot of women in the course of this show. I mean, that's, I think that's what the show should be known for more. I mean, I know that Jerry Seinfeld dated a lot of prominent women. Terry Hatcher, but, you know, for your dates, Terry Hatcher, too. And then add up Laura Linney, add up all the other people he dates. Just, I mean, he goes down trying, man. Definitely fails in a lot of these relationships in pretty epic manner, though. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. So this is a fun situation. He's uh, been good about the relationship, budding with her for the last several days, and no one believes her, and it's dri- or no one believes him, and it's driving him crazy. So we get a maddening look into his apartment here, and uh, <laughs> in one episode before, I was going to also say that she, you know, the way that she regarded his chair was interesting character detail. Because everyone always regards that chair, interestingly. Megan Mullally, a lot of different people, they always kind of say, oh yeah, it's the chair's worse than, it, than you said it was. And then also that one cabinet that he was in, the larger of the two cabinets, that's where he supposedly keeps all the uh, episode tapes for each episode. He records each episode, but then that kind of doesn't really contradict, but it doesn't really um, go with the plot of season three's finale where he gets that episode tape and he was so pleased to have it. He understands the reason he has always had it if he has been taping each episode. But anyway, um, I don't know, really know when his collection began, per se, or the back catalog or anything like that. But I do know that the archives was fairly limited, and for him to be able to get that um, episode that he was missing was a whole uh, ordeal. So anyway, he was trying so desperately to prove that he was with this woman that he just did something so crazy. He took a photo of her in bed with him. And it will be a funny line in a couple minutes when he says... You know, for a supermodel, you'd think you'd be more uh, comfortable with people taking your photo. <laughs> I think that's a really funny line. He says it with a really uh, good, you know, good delivery in a moment. She, he's disgusting. See, that's the face that she made when he first started looking at her all creepily on the airplane. And the same face that Lisa Guerrero made and briefly before she switched seats. Uh, things just so uh, escalate quick with Fraser. It's like sometimes his first impression is what ends up happening. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, just immediate my friend. <laughs> That's the funniest part of it all. But actually, no, he was probably going to tell Roz and Bulldog. I mean, why would he have taken that photo if not? You know, I mean, why would he only tell the immediate family? But uh, more, than likely, more than likely, he was immediately going to tell the immediate family. So she's running down the stairs right now, and uh, he's got his robe all in disrepair, and he's going to cinch up his robe here. This part's just one of the more funny parts. <laughs> Two wine glasses. Oh yeah, that proves it. <laughs> That face she makes, just like earlier in the episode. And now he does this great monologue. Ah! Oh my god. Smart as the others. Stole the Clubhouse Islands. And seven, eight iguanas. So, what if they really thought that he had cracked up there? <laughs> 
And here she is to bail him out. I don't know what a real definition of a farce is, but this is pretty fucking funny. Shit, she's known a lot of reptiles. <laughs> and then he delivers basically the best line of uh, all time. Well, how do you like me now? As he walks around. Put the pillow back. Well, how do you like me now? <laughs> what do you think of me now? I slithered away. Oh, gosh. I really hope you've enjoyed this special episode of The Counterbalance here on the uh, Mr. Matinee Podcast Consortium. Here in the final credits, we see Eddie in bed with Frazier. And this is a pretty rare show in which the, there's no uh, guest callers and pretty limited interaction with anyone else. And I just had a blast watching it. We'll continue the more uh, in-sequence uh, counterbalance uh, episodes going forward. And, uh, like I say, thank you so much for supporting this. And be, uh, be a pal and uh, check out the anchor.fm website and download the Anchor app. And uh, it's totally free. I think you'll enjoy it and get some good utility out of it. This has been Mr. Matinee doing a commentary for Fraser's Imaginary Friend, episode five, or episode, season five, episode one. And uh, thank you very much. And thanks for being a part of the channel. If you would like to interact with the Counterbalance or any of these shows, support them in any way. Uh, you can do so through the Anchor.fm website and the app. And have a great day out there, everybody. And enjoy all the Counterbalance content coming soon.